Good morning. It's pretty cold in here. <laughs> and it's not our it's not our intention. Um, which I you know, sometimes you need to say in Zen. Um see a lot of my um training at Tasahara in the during the practice periods was was with cold. Um and um because it, it wasn't as cold in California as it is here, but we, you know, in my early years, there was um, no heat in the Zendo sometimes, and also no heat in our rooms. And um, it was really, um, uh, when it was cold, it was kind of inescapably cold. And when it was hot, it was inescapably hot. And um, it was a... Um, really appreciated it as a practice of being intimate with being cold. Um, and like, uh, kind, of, kind of like, you know, kind of like, like the trees and the birds and like squirrels and like the rocks, you know, like living with the cold, living with the heat. There's a there's a koan um, a monk asked uh, Dungshan um, something like uh, how can I be free of cold and heat and Dungshan said well why don't you go to somewhere where there's no cold and heat <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the monk said where is how do I do that <clears throat> and Dungshan said um, when it's cold, let the cold kill you. Uh, when it's hot, let the heat kill you. And I, I kind of hear this as like, let it, let it kill your resistance, um, or you know, let it, let it kill the, let it release the thinking that um, it could be a different temperature. Um, and so sitting sitting in cold is actually kind of kind of like kind of esteemed in Zen sometimes. And Dogen talks about a zendo where there was a hole in the roof and the snow would come in, and the the teacher refused to have it repaired. <laughs> and um, And in, in, in our zazen, um, we, um, we, this is a non-escapist zazen. Um, you know, so sitting with the eyes open and the ears are open and our, our body is open, open to the temperature. And um, yeah, anyway, people have been sitting with, with temperature all along. <laughs> and um, yeah, breathing, cold, heat, and uh, probably knee and back pain. Uh, there's some like, you know, Zazen universals. <laughs> uh, 
I also remember, I, I feel like it's like the, one of the most kind of Zen things my dad said to me, um, we were, um, I was like 11 years old and I grew up in Chicago and so it was cold winters. And we were standing at a street corner in the evening, waiting for the light to change. And I think I started doing, you know, shivering and, and he's like, don't shiver. It, it makes it worse. And, um, and I just kind of got still and, and, it, and it, it, I don't know if it's worse or better, but it's, it's different. Just let it in. Be, be intimate with the cold. Also, another memory that just came up for me in my first practice period, um, Reb was leading it. And um, I think the late November, it got cold. It was like maybe in the 20s in the morning. And, um, uh, and Reb read a poem one morning uh, to the Zendo. And uh, all I remember is, the, is this, I think it was the first line was, it has gotten cold. Um, and actually, I don't remember really the rest of the poem, but it ended up with this guy being really, really happy <laughs> um, about like the mists on the mountains and walking through the gate. And he was just, you know, so you, you can, there can be this, um, you know, like, well, well, Reb's first book, Warm Smiles from Cold Mountains. So there can be a lot of, there can be warmth in the cold. Um, so the, the teaching I wanted to talk about this morning is from Dogen um, and kind of relates, I think. Um, so let things come and rest in your heart mind. Let your heart mind go out and rest in things. So, or let the cold come and rest in your heart mind. Let your heart mind go out and rest in the cold. Um, so this teaching is from Dogen's Instructions for the Cook, the Tenzo Kyokun. And so he's he's the context is he's talking about cooking in a monastery and um, working with the ingredients, working with whatever ingredients are at hand. And making a making an offering, and so kind of a, a with a little more context and a different translation. It's like all day and all night, things come and rest in your heart. Your heart returns and rests with things, one with them all. Carry on the way with diligence. And so, um, and so Dogen sees he's teaching cooking. And when he's teaching cooking, he's teaching zazen. And when he's teaching zazen, he's teaching uh, you know, living. And um, and kind of one thing I wanted to bring up out of this is just that it's um it's totally uh, relational. So this is how we um, this is our practice or this is our life. In in uh, in Zen, 
and uh, we have all these have all this practice and all this teaching because actually we we um, the way we know the way we know things um, uh, it, it obscures like the actual relationality or the depth of relationality is obscured in in how we know things we we you know the process of discriminating and knowing an object it makes it look like it, it has its own existence like it could exist on its own and i could exist on my own and um and this um this there's a reality things are coming and resting in my heart my heart is going out and resting in things and that's actually in its depth or its fullness it's inconceivable you can't get it um and it, it, we can become we can study it we can think about it and um, it can become really familiar but in um it's always radical it's always wondrous it's always like alive in a way that um you know uh, that we, we we actually can't uh, conceive of or can't quite grasp so so you know my life is intimate communion with everything and so this we have this so we have this truth and then we have a practice of this truth to help us cuz cuz we can live in our knowing Uh, so in, also in Genjo Koan, Dogen talks about uh, delusion and realization in terms of relationship. So to carry the self forward and experience myriad things is delusion. That myriad things come forth and actualize the self is awakening. You know, so there's one way of relating, which is like carrying around a self, or kind of like, um, like I'm me. And, you know, I was me before I came in here, and then I was me while I was bowing, and then I was me, and now I'm still the same me while we're talking here. And, um, um, and that, and kind of like there's a, there's a, there's a kind of object of grasping that's not really changing, but that's, but it's not a, it's not really a thing. It's just a, it's an idea. And that they kind of actually, there's like a new me with, with each moment, with each womb, with each person, with each object. So this carrying around a self is this kind of, is delusion and then this happening with things as um, awakening, realization. Um, at a noon service, uh, we'll chant um, another uh, writing by Dogen called uh, Self-Receiving and Employing Samadhi. Um, uh, the Jijuyu Zanmai. So Ji is self, and Ju is receive, like uh, Jukai, receiving the precepts, and Yu is employ. So we say self-receiving and employing. 
or the self receiving its function. Um, which I feel this, this resonance with this, letting things come and rest in my heart, letting my heart go out and rest in things, just receiving and uh, employing. And this is always, again, like new in each moment. So I think I'm not, I'm not carrying around the self I received from 10 minutes ago and functioning now. There's a function right in this moment. Uh, Reb uh, once said that um, as he watched Suzuki Roshi offer incense, he had this uh, he had this feeling that Suzuki Roshi was um, somehow surprised about this this offering incense. And um, I really, um, I love that. And uh, so, you know, so something he'd done, you know, probably thousands of times. And, um, and to still be like surprised, like, oh, like this is happening. <laughs> and sometimes you put the incense in and, and it's like, you're going for a vertical, so you put it in, and sometimes it's really nice and straight. It's like, ooh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's kind of, and then sometimes it goes way over, and, um, and you know, anyway, there's a certain number of times they'll try to fix it until it's like, it's just not happening. Um, So in the self-receiving and employing Samadhi, Dogen says, um, grass, trees, and walls bring forth the teaching for all beings, and they in accord extend this dharma for the sake of grass, trees, and walls. So again, like reciprocity, this mutuality, things are radiating the light of dharma and allowing things to rest in my body, my heart, my mind, and receive this illumination and then embody this dharma, embody the illumination, like give this light you know, for, for all beings, you know, for whoever we're with. Um, when, the, when the temperature dropped like a week or two ago, um, we, changed, we changed our bedding. <laughs> So from the flannel sheets to these cotton sheets and then like a thin blanket to like a thick blanket. And um, so now we have like a super cozy um, bed. And, um, and, and I thought like, well, you know, that's part of, that's like one image of this, um, um, making a place to rest, you know, so um, letting things come and rest in my heart, in my body, in my mind, um, you know, like how do I make a nice place, an inviting, welcoming space for what comes? And um, this resting as being, um, I feel like, I feel like in essence, like resting 
my grasping. My grasping is what's resting. So it's not to say th that things are going to come and take a nap in my heart. <laughs> but that I release my grasping. So things just things have a landing place. Things can arrive completely. And so there, there can be some like ease with letting what's come. And I can resist the cold, or I can just let the cold completely come in and, and be cold. And there's a, um, you know, be the pain in my knee, be cold. Uh, there's an ease and a joy in that. Or that's that's part of the Dharma gate of repose and bliss. It's this uh, just not resisting. Um, the kanji for rest here can also mean to exist, um, to be present, uh, to be alive, uh, to be located. And to be in the midst of doing something, actually, in, in some grammatical formations, it's like an ing, like a dash ing. So, opening a, a space of presence or a space of, um, you know, letting what's happening have a have a, a location, a way of landing with my heart. And um, I think about breathing. It's like breathing in air. And so this oxygen comes to rest in my lungs. And then, you know, the stuff happens and it's in my blood. And then it's in every cell in my body. And then, every, and then, and then the oxygen comes to rest in every cell in my body. And then every cell has its uh, function, has its life. Uh, so receiving and you know employing. Um, I also think about in in the last uh, few weeks, um, like receiving news of um, a number of friends and loved ones um, who have uh, died or who have um, become seriously ill or or been diagnosed with a serious illness. And so allowing, allowing this to come and rest in my heart and to um, meet my love and then allowing this heart and this love like informed and remade by this news you know, to go out and rest with all things. And things here... Um, it's a, it's a fairly broad um, term. So it, it can be things, it can be phenomena, it can be events, it can be um, people and beings, uh, faces, uh, feelings, emotions. Actually, in the, in the first period of Zazen, I wasn't sure it was going to be more challenging to the cold or the, the jackhammer. Um, it was it was really hard to um, settle with the jackhammer. 
um, and memories and desires, dreams. So allowing it all to come and rest here and rest in, uh, so it's shin, to mind or heart or heart-mind. Um, I would actually just include body. <laughs> and it, or it could be true nature. Allow things to come and rest in true nature. Resting in true nature. And this uh, resting or allowing as a form of trust. And so not necessarily trusting like, oh, this is the right thing that's happening, or there's something trustworthy about this, but trusting in presence, or trusting in allowing things to land, or trusting in uh, intimate meeting. You know, so trusting presence with um, what's happening and with and my my own reactivity, all my stuff, trusting presence with that. And um, working with all the ways I don't let things come and rest in my heart. It's like my you know, my resistance. Um, my um, defenses and my filtering and my reactivity and becoming becoming intimate. And I, I, a thing can happen. We, we can accept our, our resistance. And that changes the field. And so just the feeling, just the feeling of it. And we don't need to try and, and I don't, we probably shouldn't even try to really get rid of our resistance or our um, insulation or our defenses. They have, they have functions or they have, they, they're adaptations and they may still have functions for us. Um, but but to have some um, choicefulness, and to have some and to have some spaciousness, so we're not living in the defenses. We're living we're living with them, and some space around the tightness. Um, Avlokiteshvara is the bodhisattva of great compassion. So um, in Chinese, it's uh, guanyin or guan shiryin. And Japanese kanan or kanzeon. So um, regarding the sounds or regarding the sounds of the world. And she's like this, um, she's the bodhisattva of compassionate engagement, you know, liberated responsiveness. And um, there are many, many depictions of, of Avalokiteshvara, partially because she is this being of response. And so she'll respond in many, many, many forms um, or whatever is needed. And sometimes she's responded with, you know, with um, 
well, they would say like a thousand arms, or sometimes there's like a hundred arms or 50 arms reaching out, and they're all holding different different implements and they're all these implements are ways to meet suffering ways to help beings ways to respond and there's also um, sometimes you can find an image of guanyin uh, sitting zaza in a cave so like hands in the meditation mudra and um and her um her vase which is one of her one of her main tools of compassion is like on a little shelf up here for when she's when she gets up. And so so we there's this iconography of great compassion resting. And this is part of I think our our Zazen practice and our one day sitting and multi-day sashin or monastic retreat is part of Kanzeon's practice of rest. And which are inseparable from great compassions like engagement and you know liberative work. And so you know to let us to let ourselves um, be human. I also you know like, um, letting things come and rest in the heart. I think about breathing in and letting the heart go out and rest with things like breathing out. And, um, you know, sometimes we attend to the breath in zazen, and sometimes um, uh, we count, count the breathing. And um, there was a time when Suzuki Roshi said, like, um, we'll start with counting your breath, and then when you, when you can do that, then you can just follow your breath. And then when you can follow your breath, you can just like kind of, you can just like, um, just be present, just be completely present. And, um, but then I think he started talking to people more and, and I think he found like, um, the people who are counting kind of would notice when they stopped counting, but the people who are just being present wouldn't necessarily notice when they stopped being present. <laughs> And then he, and then he, and then he kind of, and then he sort of, and so then he kind of turned it that just like counting the breath, like you don't need to stop counting your breath. You can just count your breath, but it's not counting the breath. It's not to get really good at counting every breath. It's that like, like when you count this breath, like one, um, everything is included. And you count the second breath on, you know, usually on the exhale. Okay. Everything's included. So we don't, we're not, we don't really, we, there's some types of concentration practice where you uh, focus on an object in a way that your, your mind is only attending to that point. And I, would, I feel like in our Zen practice, we're kind of, we're attending to uh, the object. There's always an object, but it's with the inclusion of everything. Um, another kind of breathing practice is uh, Tonglen in the traditions of Tibetan Buddhism. Um, Tong means sending out or giving, 
and len means um, receiving or taking. So it's sending and taking, and these ride the breath. So in breath, receiving, out breath, sending. And the basic practice is receive suffering. Breathe in uh, suffering. Welcome suffering. Let things come and rest in my heart. Deep uh, listening. And breathing out is sending freedom or sending awakening or offering my life, um, sending compassion, uh, spaciousness, and peace. And so this is this can be a really powerful practice, um, and, and not not something to do I, I would not something to do lightly, um, but to breathe in suffering and breathe out freedom. And breathe in hurt, inequity, loss, and breathe out you know, courage and justice and love. And letting the heart go out and rest in things. Um, the kanji for go or go out is um, ki, which could also mean like return. It's also the ki and kie of um, namu kie butsu, which is a, I go for refuge in Japanese. So namu kie butsu, the ki is, is the same character for go out. Or it could also mean follow or accord. So let my heart arrive or follow or accord with things. And, and so I hear this is about you know, how, we, how we show up in the world. And uh, this could be, um, sometimes it, it might just be a, uh, our presence. Sometimes it might be a prayer or a wish. Sometimes it might be something I say. Uh, it could be something I do. We're always um, offering something to the world. So you know, our our sitting upright is not as um, is. This is an offering to the world to be upright. It's an it's an activity. I think you know meditation can sound like you know, well you know the, you set up this body which is just like the container for the mind practice which is the practice. But in our practice, this is the practice. I'm always sharing a complete expression of my being. And sometimes that complete expression includes the fact that I'm holding something back. (laughs) But then that's completely expressed. 
And so there's also breathing into this holding back, if there's holding back, or holding down, or holding in. So sharing, sharing my life, sharing myself, um, offering what I have to offer. So things are coming and resting in my heart, and that's uh, never a static thing. Heart going out and resting in things, it's always um, dynamic. So a practice of um, connection, of relationality. Um, the last image I wanted to bring up is is our um, our kids both went well. Our daughter went to Waldorf school. Our son is still in a Waldorf school, and in Waldorf they have this um, thing they do called the, the winter spiral or the advent spiral, and it's a it's a communal ritual of like of solitude and like going into the dark and coming forth with light. And so it usually takes place in the dark time of year, like December. And during the evening, after the sun is down, and, um, and kind of like in a big, uh, about the size of this room probably, they create a spiral out of greenery. And um, in, in the center, there's a, like maybe like a stump or something with a candle on it. And at the beginning, the only light in the room is that candle is lit. And then all the children are around the spiral. And then one by one, they walk into the spiral with a candle and they light their candle. And then they walk out and then somewhere on the path out there, they can put down their candle. So this isn't walking into the center, walking into the center of the cold and the dark and the solitude, and there's a light there. There's a candle, and they, they can light their candle, and then they walk out, and they offer that candle. And, you know, as the, as the ritual unfolds there's more and more light and that the whole spiral is getting illuminated by each child's ca candle and you know all the lights from all the candles are um, totally you know totally interfused like you can't separate the light from one candle from another candle and so it's um how you know how each child what what's really also neat about it is how each child walks is like very particular to that child, you know, and their what's happening for them and how they walk in and how they light the candle and where they decide to put it down. It's totally unique and particular to each child. But they're collective, there's this collective thing happening, this collective illumination. 
And so I'm feeling this also as part of this breathing in and out. Or this thing, letting things come and rest in my heart, letting my heart go out and rest in things, which, you know, could sound like an individualistic thing. But it's not something I do on my own. It's like this communal practice. You know, so, so like the winter spiral, Zazen's like a, a communal ritual of going into the dark and the cold and solitude and then coming forth with a light and a light that's going to interfuse with um, everyone else's light. Maybe that's the heat coming on. <laughs> Thank you all very much. <laughs> May our intention Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.